TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Happy Red Friday. Dana Park's coming up an hour from right now. We have yet another one of these about squatters who have taken over a home. This is maddening. This... Mm -hmm. Why is it that the law cannot catch up with this? This is the stupidest thing. All right. And I'm glad you started it the way you did by saying, oh, we have another one. Because it's happening. There's no, and there's nothing new about this story. Nothing. And yet, um, I guess the, the one new thing about this story is what they've turned this house into. But what happened was... You had a Beverly Hills mansion that's actually just outside the city limits of Beverly Hills, but it's a Beverly Hills mansion in California, which is where they keep Beverly Hills these days. And uh, and, and it went up for sale, went on the market. They had the, the owners of the place were not living there. They had already moved. They So they had this mansion up on the market and they brought in a broker to try to you know broker the sale. And then all of a sudden, while the place was vacated, word got around that this Beverly Hills mansion didn't have anybody living in it. And somebody moved in. Squatters came in. They changed all the locks. They changed the uh, the code to the guard to the gate out front and all of that. I mean, everything. And they just moved in like it was theirs. So the uh, the broker called cops and said, hey, this is illegal. These people are trespassing. And the cops showed up. And they showed a phony lease. If you ever wanted to know how to illegally squat in somebody else's house, this uh-huh. is apparently what you do. Because at that point, it's no longer a criminal matter. Now, it's a tort. Because if they have a lease, even though it's totally fake, it means absolutely nothing. It has no basis in reality. They have a lease. You have ownership papers. The cops can't tell by looking at them which papers are authentic and which ones are phony. So they tell both of you, all right, fine, take it to court and go get a judge to figure out, you know, you're going to have to sue the guys who are squatting in there and force them to prove that their lease is authentic in court. Well, how much time is that going to take? And in the meantime, these people have now turned this Beverly Hills mansion into a party house so it's rocking 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The neighbors are going bananas because they spent millions of dollars to buy the Beverly Hills mansion next door. And now they've got a bunch of yokels sitting over there with, you know, Kid Rock cranked up on the stereo, swimming in the pool and swilling beer. Um, yeah. Go ahead and sue them with all the money they don't have. Yeah, exactly. As squatters, all, all the money they're not going to be able to come up with. 
Yeah, it feels like this is backwards um, because what this does, whether it means to or not, is it puts the responsibility on the homeowners to prove they are the homeowners. Right. And that they didn't lease it out to someone instead of putting it on the people with the fake lease to prove their lease is real. John, if you ask me right now how to prove that the lease that I have for where I rent is real <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. versus if someone were to produce a fake one, I don't know how to prove to you that I'm, if someone were to come in and say, no, I live there. I feel the only way I can prove to you that I live here is my stuff is here and I get my mail here. Yes. And, and but that's, that could just prove my stuff is here and I get my mail here. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the mail because that's another piece of this. Not necessarily in this story. It's not mentioned here, but that goes along with this scam a lot. Because what you do is you find out that the place is vacant. You print up a phony lease. And then before you move in, you mail yourself a letter to that address. All of yeah. a sudden you're getting mail there. That has legal standing in court. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't make you the owner. It doesn't even make you the legal lessor, but it's right. at least something that proves that you have taken residence in there and that and there are rights that go along with that. Why is it I mean, why is it so simple that anybody who has a laser printer and 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 Microsoft Word mm-hmm. can just squat in a house and the cops can't get them out that you can trespass in stuff that you don't own by p- printing up a phony lease. That's ridiculous. Okay, so how do you prove that the lease is phony? Um, Because in the day of electronic signatures, we don't have to physically sign things anymore. My lease, I did not physically sign. My lease was electronically signed and then just sent back and forth. In the old days, you could compare signatures or something. Not that you can't fake those, but that you can. Um, The people with the fake lease can just have somebody else sign it. How do you prove it's not real? Yeah, because what you'd have to do, and the reason why you have to go to court in order to do this, and you can do it, it just takes time, is that you have uh, somewhere there exists a title to that piece of property. So what you have to do is you have to go get the title, which even if you've paid your house off, I don't know how many people keep their title ready, you know, readily available. I never did. Yeah, right. But you have to have the title to that piece of property so that the owner who is recognized by the state of California in this case or wherever can say, no, those people didn't lease that place for me. Show up in court and testify. That lease is not valid. I own the property. Here's the piece of paper that says I do. And I never signed that lease. Somebody raised the trespassing question. Um, I'm not going to go as far with it as the text line just did. <laughs> uh, somebody said, is somebody the, the trespassing answer- in your house? Aren't you allowed to shoot them? No, is the no. answer to that. No, you're not. But you do raise a question of, isn't this trespassing? Yes. Yes, it is. But if if there's no documentation, if they had nothing, if the cops showed up and said, prove you live here and they didn't have anything to show, then the cops Mm -hmm. could kick them out for trespassing. But because they printed up a phony lease and the police officer who responded didn't, he has no way to know whether that lease is authentic. Then his only remedy at that point is to say, this is a civil matter. We've got nothing to do with it. Goodbye. I don't, somebody just texted and I'm not following this. Um, Somebody said, and we'll get to your calls here in a second. The place you have to start is with the county real estate records because the lease has to be between the property owner. Correct. And something with tax documents. I don't, renters don't file real estate. I don't pay real estate taxes. I rent. I, I think what a lot of you are asking is are questions that would prove whether it had been sold 
but not whether that owner decided to rent it. There's nothing in the county. My lease isn't filed with the county. Right. To show that I rent where I rent, no. it's between me and my my landlord, and yeah. that's it. And and the only reason that exists is so that if you don't pay your rent, your landlord can take you to court and sue you and kick you out and, and all right. the other things that go along with that, start the eviction process. But you can't evict somebody where if, if they have a lease that says that somebody else owns the house and they leased it from that person who said that they own the house, then you have to prove that that person doesn't own the house and had no right to sign that lease. And and again, it, it can be done. It just takes a lot of time. And in the meantime, these people would really like to sell that place. So We'll get to your calls. The other question I'll ask then is, this is happening so much, what needs to change in the law for this to make to make this easier? Let's go to the phones, and if you want to jump in, 913-586-7798. It, it's one of those things that just can't be that simple, and yet it is. Mike in Topeka is up next with us. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Um, so I think the, the simple solution to this is that all leases need to go in the way of a digital certificate um, that is encrypted on both sides. Essentially, instead of, yes, you've got your digital uh, signature, but a digital certificate is actually created on the the homeowner's system and has all of their metadata attached to it so there can only be one copy of that and when they have a renter they get the renter's copy and those two copies have to match if there's any discrepancy between them then you know that the document that the renter has is fraudulent how do you make that accessible by a police officer in the moment I, in the moment, I don't think you can because okay. you would have to be able to compare the two documents. Right. But what you could do is go to the officer and say, yes, these people are there. We need to at least give notice. So, you know, kind of having your paper trail so that then you can go in and file and say, you know, we're filing a police report. Here's our documents. Here's the documents they should have and why they don't have it. And then you actually have tangible evidence to prove that, no, these people, whatever information they have is clearly fraudulent because they don't have the metadata to match what it should. We need them out. Is is what Jamie alluded to a minute ago, maybe part of the solution to this? The fact that as you know, I mean, Jamie, as you said, your your lease is not on file with the county of no. of Jackson. No. But should it be? You know, I, I honestly, I think it should be. You know, like when we bought our house, our, our deed, the, the, the deed to our home is on uh, Shawnee County's public record. Right. It should be the same for renters as well. They have a verified, proven copy that has to be done and notarized in person. That way, you know, there is ultimate proof of who belongs where. And this would be eliminated right out the gate. Yeah, because at that point, the, the responding officer could go to his computer in his car, look up the property record. Is there a lease? Yes, there is. Who's the lessee? It's this person. That's not the guy with that phony lease over there. You got to get out. Right, exactly, because those records are public that you can access from any computer. So, yeah, it would make it much easier for them to be able to have that authority to say, no, what? I don't care what document you have. That's clearly fraudulent. You got to go. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Mike, thank you. Thanks, Mike, for the call. Okay. I have two things are coming to mind. Um, I owned rental property in Illinois way back when, when I inherited the house that I grew up in and my dad died, that was rented. And so I did not have to tell the county that that was rental property. But if, but any, um, the only reason I can see it coming up is somebody answer the question for me. Is there a box that you have to check? on your property taxes that says this is my primary residence or not because yes. that's okay so that would be an indication maybe that you're renting the space out 
if it's not your primary residence. I don't recall ever having to do that, though. Yeah, we well, we did because uh, in the state where we were living at the time, because we lived, actually, at that point, we lived in Missouri, and we were renting a property that we owned in Tennessee, renting it out to somebody. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that in Missouri, there is a homestead exemption. So in order to qualify for the homestead exemption on our house where we were living in Missouri, we had to give it up on the house in Tennessee. Now, I take issue a little bit. I don't feel like it has to be the county, but the lease should be some it should be filed somewhere. The city, the state, whatever. Somewhere where a police officer would readily be able to look it up and see it right in front of him on his computer so that he would know if the if the paperwork that he's being shown is phony. However, I take issue a little bit with that being um, accessible to the public. And I don't, it, it, I have a weird feeling about that and I don't know how to explain it just yet. I, I don't pay property taxes where I am. Um, and so I don't, I take, I, I feel weird about that being about you being able to find out that I rent where I rent. Yeah. And right. And if it's record, if it's public record, then it would be right. Police can look. I don't think the public should be able to look. Okay. Uh, let's go to Carter and Lenexa. who has got something to say about this. Hey, Carter. Hey, how you go? How's it going? Going great. What's on your mind? Hey, so I read a uh, couple things. I read a Reddit story the other day where this happened to somebody. They went to all the utility companies show them uh, that they own the house and that it is not registered with the city as a rental and they shut all of the utilities uh, shut all the utilities off it's not a bad idea can they turn them back on though I mean the phony lessors no, it is in it's in your it's in my name I, they can't turn it on okay I'm the owner of the house I'm the one paying the bills they can't change it without my consent. Like that seems like that would be easy to fake. When you call, a di- so when I rented this place, I assume my landlord called Evergy and said, this is the name now, right? But if I recall, I think I did it. Yeah. Oh. Could I not call pretending to be my landlord saying, I authorized so-and-so to put these utilities in her name? Sure. Yeah. And, and we did, uh, yeah, two years ago when we moved into our house, actually it's been a little longer than that now. But when we moved into our house, um, I called Evergy and said, this is my address. This is my name. I want my electric turned on. Here's my deposit. And they went, okay, flip. <laughs> they, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't make me prove I own the house. Right. Um, okay, how do we fix it? How do we keep this from happening? Or we need to make it easier to, like, get people out. I mean, we, we, need, to make, we need to give police more power or somebody more power to, to go in and get everything out. Yeah, because for them to just throw up their hands and say, well, it's a civil matter. No, it, trespassing is a crime. Right. It's. I mean, I, I understand it's a civil matter to figure out which lease or which ownership papers are, are correct and accurate and legal and all of that. But trespassing is still trespassing. It's just, it's maddening that it's that simple. Yeah, but it, it keeps happening. Uh, if you have insight, 913-586-7798. Uh, still to come here this hour, we'll get to the story. The list of things that people have done in their sleep. Still to come later this hour here on KMBZ. 913-586-7798. We're trying to figure out a solution here to the problem of you own a house, but you live out of state and you want to sell the house. So you hire a real estate agent come in and do that for you. And in the meantime, as it sits empty, and there's no one living there, someone is able to move in and 
take up that space and then produce a fake anything by having a laser printer and Wi-Fi and make it seem like they are supposed to be able to live there. And it keeps working, which is why it keeps happening. I mean, that's why we keep having these stories crop up over and over again, is that at least for a period of time, they're able to stay there because you can't just kick them off the property if they've got a piece of paper that says they're okay to be there. And I want to point something out. We keep referring to them as squatters. That's not actually technically accurate. They're trespassers is what they are. But squatting has a legal definition, and and it has to do with abandoned property more so than something like this. This was not an abandoned property. What a squatter is is somebody who sees a property that's been abandoned. They move in as though it's theirs. And in some states, I think there's 15 or 20 of them, if you move into that property and you pay taxes on it for the entire time and nobody ever claims it, nobody ever claims it's not yours, so you just take possession of it through a law called adverse possession, that can become legally your property. But there can't be anybody else who claims ownership to it. So that's what a squatter is. These people are trespassers with a phony lease. Somehow we have to change the laws so that we can figure out how this can't be so easy to fit. Have a special seal or something or have a, if you're going to have a lease, it can only come from the National Leasing Association of America. I don't know, just so that you can't just go to some template online and throw some phony language in there. And I don't know. You're right, and you look at all of the you look at all of the things they do to try to keep bills, for, you know, money from being counterfeit, and all right. of the things that they put in the the watermarks and the color changing ink and all of that stuff, and still people are able to get away with counterfeiting bills. So, yeah. with as much as you can do, to, you can make it more difficult to produce a phony lease, but you can't make it impossible. Yes. Well, we have a couple of minutes here before we go to the bottom of the hour. Um, I was very open about the fact that when they decided to remake Roadhouse, the movie, (laughs) with Patrick Swayze, Jake Gyllenhaal would not have been my first or 50th choice to take that role of Patrick Swayze. And the first trailer came out from Prime Video uh, yesterday morning showing Jake Gyllenhaal as Elwood Dalton related to Patrick Swayze's character of James Dalton. Now we know kind of the the direction this is going to take. I've not seen the, I I have no interest in Jake Gyllenhaal in this role, but the trailer's out and uh, people are not happy. No. So so what you're saying is it's not really a remake so much as a sequel. That's what it said. They said it. um, Where was the description here? This new Dalton is a ripped former UFC fighter who becomes a cooler bouncer for a dinghy bar in the Florida Keys. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) that's that's the description that we've got. Now, Um, have have you seen the pictures of Jake Gyllenhaal in this role? That's why I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't even look like it. Like UFC fighters, you see UFC fighters, they kind of look like Patrick Swayze looked in the original Roadhouse. They're yeah. skinny guys that are just buff on top, where Jake Gyllenhaal, he looks like a bodybuilder in this role. Yeah. Yeah, this, is, this was my complaint about this choice from the very beginning, is that Patrick Swayze, before he became a movie star, was a ballet dancer. Yeah. And was built that way, tall and lanky and long arms and legs and some muscle on him. Wiry. But dancer muscle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where Gyllenhaal is just 
thick and and you know with the rippling muscles everywhere and all of that stuff so yeah it's a very different look to the character and i mean i think fans of patrick swayze are automatically fans of roadhouse Mm-hmm. Like it's it's already in their top one or two movies that he's ever been in. So mm-hmm. they were going to hate this no matter what. <laughs> but uh-huh. what's funny about this is that people who have no idea about the original Roadhouse are also trashing the trailer for this thing <laughs> just mercilessly. Yeah, the headline out of the Daily Mail on this was uh, Jake Gyllenhaal takes over the role in a new trailer where he gets headbutted by Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> who is a UFC fighter, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Just stupid. Uh-huh. Just, just, just leave it alone. Yeah, usually people that are fans of Patrick Swayze also are very loyal to Patrick Swayze. Like, leave his stuff alone. Yep. Don't remake Ghost. Which they're there's talking about been, doing, by the way. I know. There's never been a version of Dirty Dancing other than the original that was good. Leave it alone. Just stop with it. Yeah. So, all right. That was my two cents. I'll move on. All right. Coming up. <laughs> uh, all the things that people do. We were talking earlier about being a uh, hard sleeper. We'll talk about all the things that people say they have found out they have done while sleeping. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. All right. A new study has compiled 10 different parasomnias or the various sleep disorders that consist of undesirable physical displays. That's the very complicated way of saying (laughs) all the weird things that you do in your sleep. Yeah. And boy, some of these, they have video on and it's disturbing because we're used to things. I mean, I guess probably the most uh, out there thing that a lot of us learned when some of the sleep aids like Ambien and uh, Lunesta and those started to become really, really popular is that there were some people who had reactions where they would go out and act like they were fully awake. And have and and be completely asleep. So you pop a couple Ambien. There was a guy that was a, a congressman, and I don't remember his name. This is like twenty years ago, who was driving around and got into an accident near the White House in Washington D.C. late at night, like two o'clock in the morning. And the cops figured that it was a drunk driving call because he just crashed into a barrier. 
and they pulled him out, and it turned out, no, he was asleep. He was driving wow. in his sleep the entire time. He had no idea where he was or what was going on. So uh, that's part of this. But they're also talking about people who have sex while they're asleep. Like 2 o'clock in the morning, you wake up and then just start going at it, and nobody's awake. Um, handling sharp objects mm-hmm. is also on this list. Hitting, punching, and kicking. I've actually done that accidentally. I've, I've not. I wasn't the one doing it, but I was the one who got an elbow in the chest. Oh yeah, <laughs> two o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. He's like, bam! Ow! Hey, I thought you wanted me here. You know, uh, yeah, that didn't work out terribly well. But uh, yeah, all these different things that people have have been documented as doing while they're asleep. Some of them are related to the drugs that we talked about. Some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. 913-586-7798. As you answer this question, I want you to tell me whether you remember, like whether you remember doing it, you woke up in the morning and you knew that you did it, or if somebody had to tell you about it. Yes. Because that's where some of this gets tricky. Talking full sentences was on this list. Sleepwalking, we talk about laughing or crying, which feels a little creepy that you'll have enough emotion. What's driving you to that kind of emotion? Again, you're awake. You're not dreaming. Uh-huh. You're up and you're awake, but you're crying. I have woken up from a dream where something happened that was funny mm-hmm. and woken up laughing. You know, like I, I started laughing yeah. and woke myself up. I've done it, but I've never, you know, in the middle of sleep. Jen talks in her sleep sometimes, mm-hmm. and occasionally it's words. Most of the time it's just mumble. But uh-huh. sometimes she'll start talking to somebody and I'm sitting there just next to her in the bed going, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's interesting. Wow, how about that? Uh-huh. Okay. Conversation going on and I have no idea what's happening. But, um, yeah, there's one woman, she had set up a camera in her room, in her bedroom, to find out what was going on with all this weirdness that was happening while she was asleep. And it caught her in the middle of the night. She gets up, gets out of bed, walks over to her computer, turns the computer on, and starts shopping on Amazon while oh, she's dangerous. asleep. At least you can return stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> easily, thank yeah. goodness, usually without much argument. Um, so I have a couple, actually I can think of three that I've done, two on Ambien and one just out of exhaustion. Um, the hardest four hours of radio I've ever done in my life was the day um, this couple of hosts ago but I took Ambien before I went to bed and I woke up during the middle of the night and ate a raw onion <laughs> a, a whole one and drank about eight ounces of white rum uh-huh which I don't drink ever I don't even know why I had it It goes so well with raw onion though I mean it was a whole raw it was like the size of an apple a whole raw onion. that is the most pain I've and and it was wicked at the time and wicked was out and so it was me and Ryan Weber that day Uh and it was a really big news day I'll never forget it it was the day that the audio when Tyreek Hill when a bunch of the audio came out about he and his son oh yeah that was the day that happened and I had to tell Ryan luckily we're friends I am a disaster today I can't you must have been sick to your stomach like crazy I mean just the sharpest pain I can ever remember Another time on Ambien, I woke up during the middle of the night and ate a raw potato. I don't know why I go for raw things, but I ate a raw potato. <laughs> not that long ago, I woke up during the night, not on Ambien, and made, I use, sometimes I use, um, not a French press, what's the other thing that I use? Um, that I, goes on, it's the percolator that goes on oh, your stove for yeah. coffee. What the heck is that thing called? I can't think of what that's called. Um, I started it. I thought, 
I have woken up multiple times thinking it is p.m. instead of a.m. Mm-hmm. or or a.m. instead of p.m. And I thought it was time to get up, and so I started um, mocha pot. The mocha pot. I started the mocha pot going on the stove, and then fell back to sleep. Okay. Woke up to the smell of burning coffee in oh, the bottom because so it eventually it, just evaporated. It doesn't turn itself off. The the. Oh, it's uh, the, it, it, go, it takes the, the heat from the stove. It doesn't have its own element in it. No, I don't know what a mocha pot is. So. Sorry, it's um. Sorry for those who don't know. It's water in the bottom. Put coffee above the water and then screw a carafe on. Okay. And then your flames heat up the water. It percolates through the coffee and it makes coffee in the top. Got it. I had okay. the flame on. I had the gas stove on. Yeah, exactly. For I w- several hours. I was thinking along the lines, we have an automatic, you know, it's like a pitcher that has a heating element in the bottom mm-hmm. of it. And you turn it on, it boils water, and then you just pour it out of the pitcher. But that thing, as soon as it's done, it shuts itself off. That's what I use for my French press. Yeah, this is you actually just put it on your stove. Got it. Okay. So I've yeah. never left the house. We've got phone lines ringing. We've got a bunch of you texting in. Keep that up. 913-586-7798. What have you done in your sleep? That, like Jamie said, either somebody else had to tell you about what you did uh, or you just woke up in the morning and, you know, there was a treatise written on your computer that you had no idea who wrote it. (laughs) And it turns out it was you, that sort of thing. Deborah is in Lee's Summit and joins us next. Hi, Deborah. Hello. Hey there. What'd you do? (laughs) Well, I retired, but I wanted to tell you about when I'd broken my femur bone in 08. And they took me to the hospital, and I couldn't get out of bed or anything, but for some reason they wanted me to go to sleep. It was late at night. Well, I'm a night owl. Anyway, they gave me Ambien. I hallucinated. Mm-hmm. All night, I thought that I was in bright-colored scrubs. I thought, and it was at the old TV hospital that used to be over by Leeds a million years ago. And all my friends were there, and we all had on bright-colored scrubs. (laughs) Well, a kid came to take me to x-ray, I guess, the next morning. I don't know. And he was a nurse, and I looked at him, and I said, oh, my gosh, who are you? I don't know you. And then he kind of realized I was hallucinating from the Ambien. Wow. So you never actually got to sleep? No. You were awake the whole time and just, oh, that's crazy. Wow. wow. It was crazy, like an LSD trip. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you got one for free, Deborah. Thank you very much for the call. I, I know it has weird effects on people. I've, I've said before, I never had any problem with Ambien. Um, Lunesta makes my mouth taste like metal. Oh, It'll okay. put me to sleep, but I wake up and it's like I've got pennies. All, you know, it's just okay. awful. Uh, yeah, I take um, Ambien just scares me. I've never had more crazy happen than with Ambien. The, the, the only problem with Ambien is after I use it for a while, like mm-hmm. if I use it for a week or two to, to try to get to sleep or get some kind of decent rhythm going, then it just stops working. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Let's go to Carol in Overland Park up next to see what she's got for us. Hi, Carol. Hi there. Um, I've had taken Ambien twice. The first time I hallucinated, it was terrifying for my daughter, who was four years old at the time. I seen little people in my closet. But the um, biggest one, the second time, was the worst experience. I had just given birth to my son. I was in the hospital. Um, it was a C-section, so I was there, you know, five days. Anyway, they gave me Ambien, Ambien and then took care of, you know, my son so I could sleep through the night. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night not knowing, not having a clue of where I was. 
and I kept telling myself, look around, you know, see something that you recognize. And I thought, I, my purse, my purse is always with me. I'm going to look for my purse to figure out where I was. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm in a hospital. And then I thought, oh, I had a baby. Where's my baby? And then I started thinking that they took my baby away and I was in a mental hospital. It was so horrible. And I thought if I tell the nurse, they're not going to believe me and they're going to think I'm crazy. And I remember peeking my head out of uh, my hospital room and looking and I saw some nurses and then a nurse saw me and she came in and she goes, do you need anything? And I go, I'm so sorry. I don't know where I am. And she goes, oh, honey, it's the ambient. <laughs> so at least she away. knew. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. And it was a terrifying experience. I just, I, I, I have to wonder, though, the little people in your closet, how do you know they uh-huh. weren't really there? <laughs> I, I mean, have you, have you checked? <laughs> I just, I want to make sure. I'm, I'm, I worry about you, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. I do take the sleeping pills today that are a old fashioned to Mazepam, but okay. I don't have that issue anymore. But it's the ambient. All right. Carol, thank you. Wow. It's the old fashioned ones. Yeah, right. Just the stuff that knocks you out like a hammer to the head. Uh-huh. Uh keep these coming in. 913-586-7798. We'll get to more of these coming up here on KMBZ. Wrapping things up here on this Red Friday afternoon. We'll turn this over to Dana Parks coming up here in just a few minutes. Um I saw this story too out of South Korea about mm-hmm. this warning. And thought, what are we coming to? What's <laughs> society-wise? What are we doing? Uh, yeah. Well, they came up with a good idea, and that should be the genesis of this story: is that it started with somebody trying to do a good thing, and they said, "Okay, toothpicks cause a lot of waste, and it's a lot of waste in, in a number of different ways. Not only are you cutting down trees for the wood to use for the toothpicks, but then you're just throwing that stuff away, and it fills up landfills, and that's not cool. They're not as easily biodegradable as other things are. So they said, okay, why don't we do this? We'll make toothpicks out of something that won't hurt you if you happen to swallow a little bit of it, you know, if, if the tip mm-hmm. breaks off or something like that. And is also biodegradable. So that's what they did. And they said they experimented with a number of different things and they came up with starch. Starch obviously won't hurt you. So it's cornstarch or they can make them out of rice or sweet potatoes or a number of different things that you just extract the starch, put it into a toothpick like form and then compress it down real hard. And you have a toothpick that if you throw it away, biodegrades the first time it gets wet. Great idea, right? Sure. And, And then people figured, well, wait a minute, if it won't hurt me if I eat it, let's start preparing these things. Why? (laughs) There are a lot of things that won't hurt me if I eat it. It doesn't make them food. Play-Doh crayons yes i mean anything for children exactly anything that you that a kid might stick in his mouth and chew up we need to make that stuff but it doesn't mean that eating a ton of play-doh is a really good idea so somebody took one of these biodegradable toothpicks and said okay well it's starch right i like french fries and that's just fried (laughs) starch so sure and they took a bunch of these biodegradable starchy toothpicks and deep fried them and it turns out that when you do that they squirrel up into all kinds of weird shapes and things, and they blow up. It almost looks like a cheese doodle. Oh, smaller than that, skinnier than that. And then they said, okay, yeah, but the flavor's kind of neutral. So <laughs> how about if we if we do this, and then we start putting things like cheese dust on them, or salt, or soy sauce, or whatever. 
and and then then the TikTok videos happened. They look like gummy worms. Yeah. Yes. That's a like much better worms. description. Yes. In fact, if I didn't know what they were, that's what I would think. Mm-hmm. Or I would think it's like a snake shedding its skin. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody snake shedding its skin because that's yeah. what they they kind of look like cellophane. Right. Like cellophane noodles. Yes, and and because they're deep fried, they get the little bubbles in them and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so now the government in South Korea has had to issue a warning to people: don't deep fry toothpicks. Here's a here's a wacky idea. Why don't we eat food? Uh, yeah, social media has had a detrimental effect on our society, uh-huh. and this is one of the many because no doubt that is this is so that people can post their videos on TikTok. Sure. And say, look what I did. And at some point, we're going to hear like from emergency rooms in South Korea about how, yeah, they're biodegradable, but they can still tear a hole in your stomach at some point. Sure. And all you're doing is eating deep fried starch, which is so good for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's health food right there. Just deep fry me some starch. So they one TikTok user said, it's very crispy. Yeah, I'll bet. That's because you're not supposed to eat that. You know what else is very crispy? Uh, Yeah, uh, well, wood, for one. Uh Also, something you shouldn't deep fry and eat. Speaking of eating, I don't have it in front of me, but I want to get back to the story about the iguana that took the cake or that wanted to take the cake. (laughs) Because when I was in Key West several years ago, when I was getting my scuba certification, uh, I was sitting outside the pool at our hotel and a couple had ordered a burger and left it sitting on their table and then went for a swim. Mm -hmm. And we all watched as a massive iguana came and ate and took the burger just right off their table. They will eat people food. And that's the important thing to know about this story. This one comes to us from way, way south of the border. There was a a girl in Costa Rica and she was on the beach and had a piece of cake. This is a three-year-old. I mean, she's toddlers, you know, just barely aware of what's going on around her. And there's video of this. An iguana came flying over across the beach, bit her on the hand, took the piece of cake and ran off. The story gets worse, though, and this is why, I mean, we have to remember that iguanas have become omnivorous, that mm-hmm. they will eat absolutely anything. They're, they're like garbage pails, and they love human food. So the what happened is she ended up getting an infection from the bite. It was a salmonella, it was a kind of a salmonella infection that's very... Um, it's it's incredibly rare. Salmonella is not great anyway, but it was a rare form of it, and they had to go through all kinds of medical procedures, antibiotics included in all of that, to try to stall this infection because it could have done some serious, serious damage to her. And it all came from this bite that she got from an iguana because the iguana, it didn't care about her. It just wanted the cake. Uh, what a little jerk. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> what a jerk the iguanas are. That and, they just come up and eat your food. And they're fast. That's the yeah. like we were talking about with the alligators. They're faster than you think they are. Iguanas can absolutely flat out move. Uh she had a nearly one inch mass of fluid from her hand. I don't like the word that it actually is, but fluid yeah. from her hand, uh, because it's just gross. She's okay now. She's always going to be deathly afraid of iguanas now. Sure. I mean, Costa Rica has a lot of things that want to kill you. Yeah, Not uh-huh. as many as Florida or Australia, but Costa Rica has a lot of a lot of jungle and a lot of wildlife. 
Um, so she probably has seen a few things already, but at the age of three, she's she's always going to remember that. Yeah, it was a it was a particular kind of bug called a Mycobacterium marinum, and they said it's uh, usually found in fish, and sometimes will cause skin infections in people. But they said all previous cases have been linked to people swimming and had exposure to infected fish. But in this case, because the iguana lived close to the shore, it probably ate a lot of fish that washed up, and that may be where it got it. And it probably, you know, it doesn't know what it is. Right. It just sees a human eating food and, hey, I want that. And it doesn't know, like, did the iguana get sick from the sugar or anything? I, <laughs> I hope so. You Given know what yeah, it did to that poor little to, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To just go up and take the cake. I'm also surprised the cake didn't, like, fall apart. It might have been like you a know? muffin or something like that. That's a little oh. denser, you know. That would have held together. Right. Um, yeah. They are complete complete jerks <laughs> they're like uh, they're the seagulls of the reptile world that's happened to me before i was eating a burger one time on vacation and a seagull came up and ate the burger right out of my hand oh yeah they will so, uh, where were you was this down um, i was i was actually in sydney australia oh, i was, was there, australia. just kind of sitting outside yeah and it so, came up and just ate the whole thing good to know their seagulls are jerks too yeah florida yeah. happens all the time all right go chiefs Hopefully, John, Colin, not the biggest Chiefs fans. Go Chiefs. <laughs> oh, listen, I'm all in with the Chiefs. So right, up, right up through the Super Bowl this time. <laughs> all right. Everybody have a really good weekend. We'll root for a win and be back Monday here on KMBZ. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening oh 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 o'reilly protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with mobile one at o'reilly auto parts purchase five quarts of mobile one full synthetic motor oil and receive a ten dollar o'reilly gift card after rebate see store for details with your mobile one purchase you'll also receive two times points during old rewards bonus points month at o'reilly auto parts oh 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 o'reilly auto parts We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.